0: camera out there somewhere in the world and try to find him but Paul's not going to be in the studio he's running around beautiful metro Detroit today on a lousy rainy cold fall day so in the studio we have on the board today uh, Ethan good morning to you good morning Peter and I want to say hi to Kelsey and Mike behind the glass today that helps make uh, talking biz the show that it is and we're going to have a couple of guests stop in uh, during the next two-hour period. So sit back, enjoy. And, you know, with all the lousy rain today coming in, it was just one ugly driving day. I, I got to tell you, Ethan, I, I appreciate the drive that you uh, gave me to get into the office here. And uh, pretty lousy, huh?
1: Yeah, it's a uh, pretty dark rain, you know. It's everything you don't want to have to do in the morning.
0: Well, at least there was no deer Today, I mean, last week when we drove in, we saw deer everywhere. And it's just like, you know, so unbelievable that the animals are everywhere. I mean, the herd is growing every day. And the hunters, by the way, have uh, started to work their way to uh, northern Michigan. So the question will be, will it snow up north or is it already snowing? Good question. You don't? what What is this? Good question, boss. Well, you know, it is snowing up north. It is snowing in the UP. Um, we are talking to some of the hunters, uh, lately, and, uh, they're all saying that if it does snow, it makes even for a better hunting season, and you can track a little bit better. The footprints always help, and as a matter of fact, if you caught the article the other day, um, they found a, not a coyote, they found a cougar, a cougar in the upper peninsula. The DNR had one of their camera shots and, uh, picked it off, it's, uh. Quite fascinating to see how herds or how things move, animals move from, you know, one area to the next. So this is the first cougar sighting that we've seen in the UP uh, in quite a long time. So, you know, uh, we're going to do a lot of different things today. We also have a guest coming in later, not even a guest. He works here at New Radio Media guiding us in uh, some new areas that we're going to be venturing into. Tom Athens will be joining us. But we're not going to talk about new radio media so much. Um, We're going to talk about some unique things. Uh, One of them being a program called Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts and how it grooms young people to become great leaders in their communities later in life. So that's one thing we're going to talk about. But one of the big things today happening was actually it happened last night, if you were listening. Uh, It went for 18 innings, basically two baseball games in one, if you're a sports fan, and uh, this had to do with the World Series. So, uh, who won the World Series game number three?
1: The Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: And they went 18 innings in the bottom of the 18th, and it got to be quite something as an exciting ending to a long, long day.
1: Yes, uh, Max Muncy hits a 3-2 pitch to the opposite field for a walk-off home run.
0: Wow, 3-2 pitch, walk-off home run. So... You know, now they play again today, is that correct? They play today and they play tomorrow. So I can only imagine um, if you're going to the ballpark in Los Angeles today, not even as a player but the vendors and everybody, you got to be pretty tired. I mean, you know, you you were out there over six hours for baseball.
1: What do they have to complain about? They got the sunshine, the warm weather, did we you, got the rain did, and the Did you the see all the these celebrities weather. at
0: the game yesterday? Yes. You know, so I saw Magic Johnson at the game yesterday wearing that Los Angeles T-shirt. First of all, I thought the T-shirt was a little bit small for him.
1: Maybe that's how he likes his T-shirts.
0: I don't know. But then we saw, saw like, the who's who of uh, Hollywood out there a little bit. And I didn't see too many Red Sox fans, though.
1: No, Mark Wahlberg wasn't there. No. don't know what to tell you.
0: I don't know. It was uh, pretty interesting to see what's going on, so... uh, you know, it's, it's going to be uh, an interesting... Who do you th- expect... Well, let me ask you this question. Who do you think will be taking the victory today? Today?
1: today. Um, well, Boston hasn't said who is going to start yet today. Oh. Um, the Dodgers have Hill going. Hill? R- Rich Hill. Rich Hill, okay. A left-handed pitcher. Um, I have to still go with
0: uh, Boston. And who's your pick for the victor today?
1: I still have to go with Boston.
0: What happened to J.D. Martinez last night? I mean, he's kept striking out.
1: Well, there's not much you can do when there's a 24-year-old kid throwing 99-mile-an-hour darts wherever he wants.
0: Well, you know, did you, uh, I don't know, I just, um, it was very, very tough to watch. You know, a lot of strikeouts. Um,
1: it means good pitching, bad hitting.
0: Do you think Kinsler uh, should have left third and run, come home on that uh Short fly ball to center field that got him out. That could have kept the game going for Boston.
1: I mean, in that case, yes. I mean, he's putting pressure on the outfielder. Outfielder made a great throw. But Kinsler really was the one that blew the game for the Red Sox. In the uh, bottom of the 13th, I believe, in the top of the 13th, the Red Sox had taken the lead. Uh And then in the bottom of the 13th with two outs, runner on second, ground ball was hit up the middle. Kinsler fielded it but also was stumbling. Hey. decided not to set his feet, which he had plenty of time. It was like to set his feet, throw a nice ball over to first to get the out. Game would be over. Yes. Uh, off-balance throw, rushed himself, threw it wide to first. The r- tying run comes Aye. in, Aye. and the uh, the Dodgers end up winning five innings later. So you did stay up to watch and listen No, to this, no, no. Right? Oh. I I checked the recap this no. morning when I got up. There was no way I was staying awake for all 18 uh, minutes.
0: You know, I, I, I don't know. So, you know, the the unique thing is um, baseball is this is this is great. This is East meets West. And um, they play three games in Los Angeles right now. And then they'll come back to Boston if there's that opportunity for Los Angeles to keep it going. But if not, um, I still think this has been a great uh, rivalry, uh, you know, of playing the the Atlantic to the Pacific. This is just great stuff. I just think this is fantastic. All right, so you know what we're doing now? We're going to talk a little bit about some fall colors. You know, Michigan is so beautiful right now. They are on display everywhere you look, and there's so many different things happening in Michigan right now that uh, you should get out. Even with the rain... A lot of things are happening now. Not a lot of it is, you know, around this area. Wayne, Oakland, Macomb. We're going to talk about uh, Macomb County in a few minutes. But you know, this week, you know, go out and celebrate the sights and sounds. Taste some great food if you can. But uh, if you want to take a great drive today, it's only a little under four, about four hours. Drive to Charlevoix, Michigan. You know, right up I-75 there and get off at Waters, cut across Mancelona, shoot up, go around East Jordan and drop into Charlevoix. Can you, re- Char- can
1: you repeat those directions again real quick?
0: Sure. Take I-75 up, get off at Waters, go over the freeway, make a, le- make a right-hand turn, shoot up the road to Mancelona, go Mancelona to East Jordan. East Jordan, swing around the lower end of the lake and into Charlevoix. And when you get there, when you get there, Ethan, Charlevoix's Fall Restaurant Week. You know, you're going to have a great time. And then from Charlevoix, get on 31, go south. It's Traverse City's Beer Week. You know, and if you're not happy about that, stay on 31 South. Work your way down, or actually get on 131. You can do it both ways. But work your way down to the International Wine, Beer, and Food Festival in Grand Rapids. I mean, there is so much to see. Check out the seasons. Pink, burgundy, amber, gold, orange, brown colors. And the craft beers also match it. So, a lot of exciting things going on there, and it's just so beautiful outside. I mean, it's it's great. The pumpkins are uh, everywhere you can see. The streets are starting to get decorated. And that takes me to Mount Clemens, Michigan. Oh,
1: hold on. You, you mentioned the pumpkins, you know, yes. and everything. Yes. Did you happen to see there's a critter enjoying our pumpkin at the house?
0: Well, you know, I did put it by the tree. And I saw a little bit of gnawing. It's, it's gotten a little bit bigger now. A little bit of gnawing. And it's not from the deer.
1: I was about to ask, who who's, who do you think's doing it? The deer, the groundhog, the
0: squirrels? Keep going. Little chipmunks. That little chipmunk that keeps uh, bugging us. We, well, we
1: We have the little chipmunk that keeps bugging us. We also
0: have the crazy squirrels. Yeah, the squirrels, they're interesting. But the chipmunks have been very, very interesting. Now, Halloween. Where do you think would be a great place to enjoy Halloween? What city? What area? They're all great, but what would be a great place? Are to we
1: talking en- about for trick-or-treating or just celebrating yeah, the holiday in general? Kid,
0: where kids can enjoy a good trick-or-treating. And it's this um. weekend. They're doing it this weekend.
1: This weekend, I'm mm-hmm. going to say somewhere like Royal Oak, Birmingham area. No,
0: no. No? This one will require a boat to get there.
1: Well, then it's Mackinac Island. That's
0: right. This weekend, I'm kids, sorry
1: you're not going up
0: there. Kids can I enjoy, enjoy it. I driving you up there. Mackinac Island Halloween weekend. Got to be the greatest thing in the world. You get on the island, all the hotels, all the shops are still open. Halloween for the kids all down Main Street. Work your way over to Mission Point, go up to the Grand Hotel. The place is going to be decorated. This is your time, kids. If you're in that area, tell Mom and Dad, get me on that boat to the island. It's my time. And there's another great place for kids and pets today. They're going to have a great parade in Sagatuck, Michigan, around the west side of the state also. So some great things to do. And, uh, but I want to go now to Mount Clemens, Michigan where Babe Ruth, Thomas Edison, and if you knew anything about the Purple Gang and of course folks, my staff is too young to know from the Purple Gang. I but know where the Purple Gang But where Izzy went, all went to Mount Clemens and it made it famous for these people. So why did Babe Ruth, Mr. Sportsman, go to Mount Clemens? <laughs> do doo doo do, doo papa um, that's a I'm great. I'm playing that music. Boop,
1: boop, 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 boop. Which game show is that
0: from? Well, it's the Perlman Game Show. Yes. Oh, Why had... did Babe Ruth go to beautiful Mount Clemens, Michigan?
1: Because he had nothing better to do. No. No. I'm wrong. no. Okay. Right, I'll what, go to the what, next what's one? the answer?
0: Why was Thomas Edison and Mount Clemens famous? Is that we invented the light bulb? No, but Edison was said to have gotten the start of his famous inventory. Starting to invent things at the railroad station there. You know, when he first got would pop on the train and do it was at Mount Clemens, Michigan. But Izzy from the Purple Gang and Babe Ruth went purposely to Mount Clemens for what reason?
1: I, I don't ha, ha- no? I don't have a no. good answer for that. My only answer would be to get good liquor. No. No, okay. No,
0: no, no, no. Ruth was known to appreciate the mineral baths, the spas of Mount Clemens back then. The mineral baths were very good for the body. And uh, my own grandfather, Oshie Baker, would go there. Uh, this was a very big thing for a lot of people to go up there. In today's world, you went to the Oakland bathhouse, the Schwitz. And that was the f- that's what happened down in Detroit. But the true salt baths and everything... We're done in Mount Clemens. Now, you've been to the Oakland Bathhouse, right?
1: Yes, I have.
0: And a very unique place, right?
1: It's something that's... Uh, what do you mean it's that, something? That's,
0: it's, it's pretty unique. I mean...
1: Well, it's an interesting place yes. that was situated in what was surrounded by a bunch of run-down buildings. Oh, that's very true, too. So, so it kind of looks like a sketchy place. Very sketchy. Or it's located in what looks like a sketchy place.
0: All right. So let's um, turn our uh, attention to my favorite place for coffee in the morning, and that would be Starbucks. I
1: thought uh, you'd go to Panera.
0: No, that's, that's, a, that's a gathering. But Starbucks, um, all around the country, and of course, you know, traveling around the world, I always try to find my favorite Starbucks place. Well, Washington, D.C., i got to congratulate them in Washington, D.C. They have a Starbucks, the first in the United States. What makes them so unique? Uh, I got all these little bop bop music pieces for you today. What makes Starbucks in Washington D.C. the number one Starbucks in the world for what they do? No idea. No idea. None whatsoever.
1: Do they give you money for going there?
0: No. Oh. But they give the employees a unique opportunity to have a job. In what way? Can you can you repeat that? They give the employees, it's a unique job for all of these employees. College education? No. No idea. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. Starbucks. It is the first signing store for the deaf.
1: Oh, yes. This is actually on a college campus. I did hear about this. You want to broaden it out a little bit? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the university. Wow. Um, is it Goddard or Goddellat? God God University, I believe. Okay. And uh, it's actually a school for the deaf or hearing uh, impaired. hmm And so, yes, their uh, entire staff has to, had to learn ASL. And um. Could you give everybody the definition of an ASL? ASL is American Sign Language. Very good. Um. And so pretty much they had to uh they have to know and speak ASL uh fluently and the since this is located on this university's campus, it's the first of its kind where uh deaf students can you know, sign their order or, you know, and have a conversation with an employee to where, you know it it goes fluidly. It's not something like where Either the customers like I don't know what you're saying, or the uh, cashier or worker doesn't know
0: what they're saying. Okay, so well, I want to congratulate Starbucks, and you're the sports guy. Why did we have huddles in football?
1: Well, it was started by a uh, gr- group of, I believe, it was college students that were deaf. So, a they no one could read their lips and. Uh, well be everyone could see their lips okay in the huddle
0: well so there you have it i want to like i say starbucks you're number 1 on my uh, list today i want to congratulate you and of course all of the uh, young people that are working there i think this is fantastic you know this is an exciting time to learn another language everybody thinks language has to be the spoken word not the signed word and so my hats off to them And uh, just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So you have some trivia for me here. What do we have today? Or you actually have some things uh, this day in history.
1: Yeah, I have uh, this day in history in 1904, the New York City subway opens, And founded by the Perlmans. But you didn't know that, did you? No, I did not. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) At 2.35 on the afternoon of October 27, 1904, New York City Mayor George McClellan takes control on the inaugural run of the city's innovative new rapid transit system, the subway. Okay. Uh nineteen sixty two the US and the Soviet Union step back from the brink of nuclear war. Uh previously JFK had said on October twenty second in an address he was warning the Soviets to cease their reckless programs to put nuclear weapons into Cuba mm. and announcing a naval quarantine against Additional weapon shipments into Cuba, uh, so they had uh, some negotiations, and luckily, they res- it resulted in a plan to end the two-week-old uh, Cuban missile crisis.
0: It was pretty uh, well. You weren't around, but it was a pretty nerve-wracking time here. So uh, I could remember everybody thinking about all these different things: bomb shelters. Do we go back to the bomb shelters? Do we do this? Do we do that? You know what we're going to do right now, Ethan. We're going to step back for a moment. I'm going to let you study the other things that stay in history, and I'm going to get my notes together for the uh, next section of our show here at Talking Biz at New Radio Media. Do you want to see
2: things like this?
3: Did you just say you died? <laughs> well,
2: I mean, technically. Or maybe even something like this. We'll do nothing but destroy your corpses and burn them all for my dogs. Your dogs are gone. And sometimes... A little of this. We
4: need to have a talk.
2: <laughs> I take my axe and I smash it. No! <laughs> and check out PodQuesters, the show where we tackle ghoulish goblins, fiendish foes, and dangerous drakes. Oh, like the singer? No, the dragon creature. Oh. Anyways, PodQuesters Fridays, only on newradiomedia.com.
4: you guys, Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geek Statement Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power!
3: A new Northwestern medicine study concludes that you can improve your overall health and quality of life by doing these two simple things. Spend less time in front of the TV and computer and eat more fruits and vegetables. And that's all. By starting with these relatively small steps, it becomes a lot easier over time to make major lifestyle changes. And in many cases, give it a try. You may surprise yourself. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
0: And for your prescription on health, you know, Jim Bragman is sharing all that with you, but we got a prescription on great times in the Motor City, in and around Detroit. And, you know, uh, Ethan, I know you were sharing with everybody here at New Radio Media Talking Biz, you know, this day in history. So, um, I know you got a couple more items on your list, so let's knock them out, and then we're going to talk about some more Halloween stuff. Uh,
1: yes, I did. I had two more items, okay. plus uh, birthdays. Birthdays. We still have to get through the birthdays. Right. so um, if
0: they want to do birthdays, you know, uh, don't forget to uh, let us know here in the studio, or, you know, for those of you that want to send a text message over, uh, I think a lot of people already have our message board here, but... Uh, I'll let him have it anyway. You know, Give do, him the phone number. Well, you know, it's 999-9249, uh, but you've got to put 844 in front of it. Not
1: 248,
0: 844. No, 844. 844. Okay. 999-9249. But more importantly, you know, um, if you go to our website for a minute at uh, www.newradiomedia.com, you know, there, you can always uh, send us a note, you know, let us know when birthdays are coming. Uh, so many exciting things are happening here. we put on some new icons for shows that are uh, new channels, that, uh, community channels that we're opening up for you. The Sports Channel um, is one of the ones that I know Ethan here is is drooling on. For yes, I am. Uh, another one is a Food Channel, you know, food. Which
1: I'm also looking forward to. Uh, Who doesn't love some good food?
0: See, so and I know Kelsey and, uh, and Mike are just waiting. Uh, Kelsey you know, promised me, by the way, i got to tell you something. i got to take a time out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make let Kelsey one day still make my Italian lunch dinner here. Oh yeah, I can hear <laughs> her in the background. You know, a lot. Quite a while ago, Paul says, "You know, we got to talk about Italian meals. We got to talk about Italian this and Italian that." Well, near, you know, when when it quiets down here, which it never does at New Radio Media, it's like always. You know, everything's always in fourth gear. You know, if you know anything about race car driving, you're always in the fourth gear, just pushing down the road. Um, but Kelsey's gonna. We're gonna give Kelsey a little time to breathe, to make her special Italian meal for us. That's gonna be great. And I know that, uh, you know, uh, we'll leave Paul on the road somewhere. That's okay. The rest of us will enjoy <laughs> it. So we're gonna have a great time. So. You got two more things for me?
1: Uh, yes, I do. In 2004, on this day in mm-hmm. history, the Boston Red Sox win their first World Series championship since 1918. Boy,
0: you know, you think about all this, and then you go back and you watch the 18 innings last night. So
1: uh, Yes, you do. Okay. Uh, but... Interestingly enough, uh, that World Series vanquished the so-called curse of the Bambino that had plagued the team for eighty-six years. Which,
0: Bambino, Babe Ruth,
1: which was one of the longest droughts in history, aside from the Chicago Cubs drought, which was broken a, f- uh, a few yeah. years ago. Right. Um, the, we have a drought.
0: We have a drought here in Detroit, and it's not even the water crisis; it's the Detroit Lions.
1: Yes, we do, but ho- <laughs> you never know. They could turn it around this year. They're looking really good.
0: Dream a little
1: um, dream, my little in two thousand and six, yes. uh, Chick Fil A founder takes the last four Taurus.
0: Well, wait, 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 wait. I drove a Taurus after two thousand six.
1: But where was your Taurus manufactured? At the plant. Where? What do you mean where? Where? Which plant?
0: Well, it doesn't matter. It was manufactured
1: because this Ford Taurus was the last to roll off the assembly line in Hapeville, Georgia. Oh. The keys went to the the keys of the silver car went to 85-year-old Truett Kathy, the founder of the Chick-fil-A fast food franchise. Wow. And if anyone out there hasn't had Chick-fil-A,
0: I highly recommend it. You do, huh? I, I do. Now you know they're closed on Sundays, except for two locations. Or one, maybe. I don't know. Are they
1: open on college campuses on Sunday? Well, that's why I was kind
0: of wondering. Yeah. You know, Oakland University has one.
1: Oakland University does. There's ju- they are just starting to bring them into Michigan.
0: Well, there's one at Metro Airport. Yep. So yep. I would think that would have to be open. But basically, their rule is uh, they're closed on uh, Sundays.
1: Well, I did not know that, yeah. but they have very good food, in my opinion. Um okay. And now it's up to the birthdays. Birthdays. Uh, in 1858- 26th U.S. President Teddy Roosevelt Uh, is born.
0: Happy birthday, Teddy.
1: Yes, and hug all your teddy bears and wish them happy birthday. That's right. Uh, In 1940, John Gotti. Oh, um, the mob boss. Mob boss, who was nicknamed the Dapper Don. Ooh.
0: Ooh. Yeah, did you know that? Yes, I I saw Uh, that in your notes. (laughs) Wow.
1: Did you know that before you saw it in my notes?
0: No, but Gotti, everybody knew John Gotti pretty much uh, growing up. And uh, watching him come to the courthouse in New York, no, he was very well appointed, let me tell you.
1: Okay. And then in 1984, Mm. this former Notre Dame quarterback.
0: Brady Quinn, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, and the man behind the mic is a color analyst.
1: He is now, but do you remember, which NFL team did he start for? Cleveland. Yeah, he was part of that terrible line of Cleveland Brown QBs that couldn't figure out how to win a football game.
0: That's true, but the people in Cleveland love the Browns. Yes, they do. They fill up that stadium.
1: And they are in love with Baker Mayfield.
0: Baker Mayfield. So, Halloween. Got to go back to Halloween. It's coming up Wednesday. Yes, it is. It is, you know. So, so many things are happening. I want to go back out to Mount Clemens, Michigan for a minute because they're doing something very unique. They have set up like so many different stations throughout the downtown area where you get to vote on the number one scariest or display piece for Halloween. And you get to do it up to November the 3rd. So, if you haven't been out in Mount Clemens, this is a great time. It's not far think it's time to get in the car and go visit Mount Clemens. Another great place to go if you want to go the other direction is go down to Plymouth, Michigan. It's not so much the Halloween. It's the atmosphere of small town. What it's like to walk around everywhere, you know, from Main Street to go into the center of the city, into the park area, the Penn Theater, grab a great movie, and then restaurants and uh, the, you know, I would say, I don't call them gift shops, but the novelty stores that are out there, whether they're arts galleries, uh, new sports stores, uh, clothing, and, of course, Kerwin's uh, uh, great fudge shop is there. So that's a great place to go visit. And then, you know, when I talk about fudge and candy, I can't think anything better than Sanders candy, you know, the Bunt cake, Sanders and then Cars, Peanuts, and their trail mix. And Can you believe that these two companies have bumped each other and now are joining together to become one company on a merger? This is something, you know, this is great news. And, um, you know, Nick Nicole uh, who is the head of Cars, um, you know, th- he, he was able to put this thing together with Sanders out of Morley Candy and really st- step and take a look at, the community and the greater area to keep both brands alive and give them much more exposure. You know, Sanders has seven locations here in town, and uh, at the present time, the nice thing is is that um, Sanders started basically in 1875, and in 1875, you know, Fred Sanders, um, you know, Schmidt. This was his like opening a candy shop. That's what he did and then it expanded and then like when I grew up you'd go to Sanders, you could sit at the counter, you got a sandwich, you got a drink, you got your chocolate cake, it was fantastic. And Cars, when I worked in the drugstore business, the, the rep from Cars would come in and we had a little piece, a, like a little box that sat on, on the top of a counter and it was heated and you put the peanuts in there and it would rotate around in a circle And people would come in and want to buy it, so you put them in a little paper bag, and it was very fresh. And that was a staple of the time. Cars expanded, like so many others, and came up with, you know, their trail mix. And, I mean, their trail mix is great stuff. And uh, they define it as uh, Detroit-born. And then their other piece, of course, they own Second Nature uh, Trail Mix brand. So this is like giving the world the best of two things. The other thing that helps Sanders out is that cars has all these shelf spaces. I mean, you go to the different stores, um, supermarkets, and stuff. car has what we call allocated shelf space. Now, by doing that, it will give Sanders more exposure, not just in the seven stores, but everybody will get to see it, to really enjoy it, and really just have such a great time. I think this is really great. And if you're ever on, you know, Go out on M-59. Work your way towards Selfridge Air Force Base. If you're going that way, or what do you want to call it now? Um, Selfridge, it's it's a, a tri-base, really, so it's multiple um, uh, entities out there between the, Ar- the uh, National Guard, uh, the Air Force, and uh, the Marines. Everybody go out there, but on your right-hand side as you're going towards the base, you'll see Morley Candy. Pull into Sanders over there. Really enjoy fresh chocolate. Go in, see how it's made, and just take a wonderful sniff. Oh, it is so wonderful. It is so rich. You're really just going to love it. So, coming up, you know, we've got all this to go. Um, We're going to talk a little about where to find some haunted houses. And also... Well, hold
1: on, hold on. Before, before we get off of this subject, I do have a question that I want you to think about over the break. Yes. That's coming up. Yes. Um, is yes. Colonel Sanders related to this Sanders family? no, not no? At all Col-
0: Colonel Sanders, by the way, started Colonel Sanders was in the insurance business at one time way back when, and uh his uh wife and you know she made a little sample and uh, they had a little place and uh kind of expanded. So is but he, Jason So wait, hold Jason on, so hold Alexander on, hold on, hold on. is actually is playing he, is Colonel he, Sanders is, today. Is he,
1: is he taking responsibility? Colonel Seinfeld. Well, yes, yeah, I know that. But is he but did Colonel Sanders take what his wife created and make it all about him then? Why is it not why is it not called Mrs. 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 Colonel Sanders? It
0: finger licking good with the Colonel Sanders chicken. So, I tell you what we're going to do here at New Radio Media folks. We're going to step back. We're going to clean our hands from that beautiful chicken, allow uh, some of our wonderful sponsors to take care of us while we get ready for the next segment. New radio media, Talking Biz.
2: Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our nine and dine special nine holes of golf and enjoy food and refreshments in the clubhouse bistro. That's Maple Lane golf club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maple lane
4: golf.com. Detroit, it's the home of some of the world's most talented artists. It's where techno and Motown were born. It's a city where you can experience raw, untamed rock and roll. I'm Ben Rose, and I'm inviting you to join me weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 for the Motor City Juke Joint. I'll have interviews with musicians, info on what's going on around town, and a playlist curated by me just for you. It's all right here on NewRadioMedia.com.
5: At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer
4: service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me. Just listen to what our customers have to say.
2: The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous.
4: They make you feel like you're at home.
3: Pick up a can of seafoam fuel system treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Part City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake.
6: We've got the
4: parts you need, when you need them.
5: Hi, I'm Art, and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20 years, and through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we've become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you and we take pride in our impeccable affordable service. And we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can.
0: Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Wald Lake. And I just love hearing that theme music on a beautiful Saturday morning. You know, it's it's a great time here in the Motor City, uh, Halloween around the corner. And, and all of a sudden, everybody wants to talk about the haunted houses or haunt, you know Halloween parties. And I know that uh, there's so many places to go, so many places to see. And one of the areas that's getting decorated, and it's really for those that like to go on the bicycle, they've been really doing it quite a bit was the DeQuindor Cut. And if you took it from Jefferson Avenue in, in Detroit and you go all the way down to the Eastern Market, uh, it's being decorated for Halloween. It's the first time, really, that they have uh, spent some time and energy. And I want to thank all the volunteers that you know that make this happen because it, uh, it establishes Eastern Market as a great spot. Uh, at the same time, the bicycle path is getting so much usage, which is great. Jefferson Avenue, the Riverwalk, all of that area is really enjoying uh, a wonderful, wonderful fall season here in October. You know, the other place, though, too, that uh, most people don't even know, uh, if you want to encounter some ghosts, um, some people go to Holly, Michigan, to the old Holly Hotel. Some went to the old Fenton Hotel in Fenton, Michigan. But very few people have ever thought about going to the Ford Piquette Avenue plant, you know, in a beautiful midtown detroit and they line up actors playing key figures in the early days of the auto industry are there this is a hundred and fourteen year old um plant so um it started you know with henry Ford of course with henry ford but uh, you'll meet edsel ford horace dodge the ford model t designer uh, cj smith and of course don't forget the uh, former mayor james cousins of course we you know we named a road after james cousins later on but uh this is an exciting time. Uh, they're one-hour tours. They start every 20 minutes between 4 and 8 p.m. Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Uh, give it a shot. It's 25 or $20 for museum members, but I think it's something that you'll really, really enjoy. So uh, take a look at that. And if you see areas that uh, you believe would be great for other people to go and enjoy, uh, give them a holler. You know, the other thing we don't see that much of, and I think, Ethan, you did this one year. Did you not go to a corn... Um, what do you call it? Corn
1: Maze? Uh, corn Maze. Yes, I did.
0: And uh, if I remember, that Corn Maze is up on Squirrel Lake Road near Squirrel Road um, over there in that area. And um, how was that? I mean, it looked like it was very busy, a lot of action.
1: It, it was very busy. Very, very muddy. I, did, I, I just recall, yeah, the day we went, um, it was very wet and muddy out. Um, had to hang by the fire, take our socks off, <laughs> get them kind of dried off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's... Uh, it is interesting that uh, there's so many things happening right now. There's street art for Halloween, um, you know. So whatever community you live in, uh, remember the most important thing: on the night of Halloween, it is the worst night for the kids. It is the most days. I don't know how would I want to put this. Halloween pedestrians get the hit kids the most. Get hit the most. Yeah, pretty sad. So parents out there and everybody else, you know, remember when you're crossing the streets, uh, watch, take parents, don't wear masks. Help your kids across the street. Make sure you're using the flashlights. Also be aware of um, people that are in the area that stay in cars that don't belong there. Um, you know, it's nice to bring families to areas and walk around, and I, and we appreciate that. We think that's exciting. But every now and then you'll see a car that doesn't belong and uh, just be aware of it. If you're not sure of it, call your local police department for safety for everybody at the same time. So, again, um, I think it's going to be an exciting time. The weather is supposed to be the only day this week that it doesn't rain is Wednesday night. So it could be 40 degrees, um, but no rain. I know that one year we had Halloween, and we gave away, I think, three pieces of candy. Three pieces.
1: Yeah, I think I that was my freshman year in college because uh, I remember you guys bringing a lot of candy down yes. to BG.
0: Oh yes, a lot of candy. Yeah. So uh, let's hope it's a dry day, and uh, mom and dad's out there, grandparents, whatever. You know, uh, let's help out our uh, little people there and let them enjoy a good, safe environment. And also from the, uh, I got to know from the fire department also that uh, you got to be careful when you're putting your candles in your pumpkins that you have to be aware, you know, look, keep it outside, don't put the candle in the pumpkin in the house. Something gets bumped, we get these fires. Uh, I know we're using the new battery candles today that are flameless uh, in that respect, but uh, be, con- be very conscientious for safety purposes. Okay, moving along the road here. Uh, Wayne State and the University of Michigan, I gotta say, um, they're on the right path for a number of different reasons. None of it sports, but it's all business today. Wayne State University had a campaign. Uh, their goal was to raise seven hundred and fifty million dollars, big capital campaign, uh, and everything. And uh, they had, matter of fact, I was down at Wayne State when it was announced that they hit the mark. And uh, this is going to help the university for a number of different areas, academically. Uh, capital improvements, things like that, and uh, very, very important. And Wayne, if you haven't been down to Wayne State lately, you owe it to yourself and your family to, to go down. Uh, they have a brand-new dormitory going up. Uh, 800 units will be in there. 400 will be open shortly. Uh, these are not the dormitories of the days when I would have gone to college or even, Ethan, when you were at college. These dormitories are one-, two-, and three-bedroom apartments and they have full kitchens, and their nine-month leases. So there are over 3,800 kids now living at Wayne State, and they're pushing it to go to over 4,000 students just living on campus. So this is quite exciting. And their commissaries are a, a very unique. You know, their cafeterias, whatever you want to call them. What do you call those places?
1: Uh, at some universities, we just called them the uh,
0: meal halls. Meal halls? Yeah. Okay. Well, Wayne State has a kosher meal hall and uh for vegans they've they've got it for everybody there and it's it's just fantastic to see the amount of student body living on campus walking and sharing daily life there uh, I got to give my hats off to them and at Wayne at uh the University of Michigan, they made a great- they got a beautiful gift of twenty million dollars uh from a foundation to boost its collaboration with two Israeli research institutes um and and it's it's kind of exciting because they're going to be working with, uh, number one, the Wiseman Institute of Science uh, and Technion Israel Institute. So both of them are in sciences, and that came from the Betty Kahn and Dan D. Foundation. And so people are realizing that universities need revenue to give the young people the opportunity to get that next-generation kickstarted in so many different areas. And when we look at all this, you know, we, we, we talk about all the challenges. You know, the one area that I would really like to see is student loans. We need to dedicate more time to understanding the debt of a student loan and that, uh, you know, kids want to go to school. They really want to learn a certain area of where they want to be at. But at the end of the day, that student loan could haunt them till they're age 65, and that's not fair. That really is just not—I just can't get that through people to understand. You're not working to just pay debt. You've got to be able to work to grow a family, to be a community leader, to take part in your religious house, wherever it may be. Um, But be part of something greater than debt repayment. You know, it's interesting. In Kalamazoo, Michigan, if you started in kindergarten and graduated from Kalamazoo schools in the 12th grade and never left the district, your college tuition is paid for for four years. It's great. Now we're talking about that down in Detroit a little bit. How do we, you know, start to really promote and build so kids can go to college or even a trade school and really define some skills, you know, And trade schools are getting to be the big, big thing next. I think that's the knocking door. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to a couple of people here. You know, Saxy Builders, who is in Birmingham, has finally decided, you know, they went downtown, Danny Gilbert, took space, did some partnership, (coughs) and um, also started to work with Junior Achievement. And just recently, you know, they had hundreds of Detroit high school kids come together to really learn some of these different trades. And, uh, you know, they learned everything from being in carpentry, electrical, um, how to work with uh, modules of uh, different components. Matter of fact, even the governor um, joined them. Rick Snyder was there, and he was working with one of the Carhartt people, how to put buttons. Uh, Just imagine this. How to take a button. Don't mind the big collar folks, little neck surgery, minor. But the button here. How do you take the button and attach it to, let's say, the backpack or to a shirt and looking at the hand unit that has to be done? So the governor was there. Of course, the mayor of Detroit was there, Mike Duggan. You know, we're working to work on educational opportunities for these high school kids to move on to the next level. So students need to see the opportunities to build a future. And I think this is a great start. And I think that uh, one day when Paul's in the studio and we bring him back in, that's if we want him back in. You know, I'm going to say, Paul, uh, I think we have to talk to Saxie about bringing him in the studio and uh, seeing exactly what else they can do for the community um, since they're such a great component to the building of downtown Detroit, midtown Detroit now. So, so many different things right there that are going on. So, let's see what else we got here. You know, I got... Oh, I got one for you. Here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, where will I find the most expensive house for sale in the state of Michigan today? And where will I find the second most expensive house? Are
1: they in the same city? No. No. Okay. No, Um,
0: they are not in the same city.
1: I I think probably the most expensive... I'm gonna I'm gonna say
0: uh, I love my little music. Notes. I don't
1: know. I'm I'm gonna think. I'm thinking like Birmingham area, but I'm also thinking somewhere up north. So, what's the
0: answer? Well, I'll give you a hint. Okay. This house lists at twenty nine million dollars. So then it's not in Michigan. It's in Michigan. It's not in Michigan. It's in Michigan. It, it Michigan. is not in Michigan. It is in Michigan. And the second one is about twenty million.
1: I can I can now, I can, I can get, the second ones in Michigan. This one,
0: and this you know, the this was a dream house for a couple from Toledo, actually.
1: Uh, Kelsey, yeah,
0: Sanders. yes, she is right. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, the voice from behind the glass. Yes, Seal, Michigan, twenty-nine million dollar mansion, the priciest home in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa <laughs> looks like a little bit challenged. I like that. I like that. I'm not gonna go to the fancy words, folks, but this is supposed to be the dream house, and uh, the dream house is up for sale, so if you don't have any money you know that you want don't need any more you know twenty nine million gross seal the nice thing about grow seal is we have two bridges for you the paid bridge, and of course the private bridge you know you can get over there. Seal was also home to uh, a naval uh, air station there for the longest time. And uh, so if you're down in that beautiful area of the Trenton area, uh, right across the little canal over there, waterway, uh, stop on Seal Island, take a look at $29 million. But the second home, the second home is 23-bedroom f- house. Um, and this house is in the Upper Peninsula along the shores of Lake Superior. And um, this one just marvels at me because it's in Marquette, Michigan. And I never would have expected to see a $20 million home in Marquette. So um, i got to tell you, that's, that's kind of wild to me. That's, that's just so exciting, you know. And uh, as exciting as it is, and Paul not in the studio, i got to take a stretch. So um, this is Talking Biz, New Radio Media. I'm Peter Perlman, and I'm going to take a break.
6: Plus,
4: the latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market. All by the push of a button, Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association. Tarno
6: no Doors. Tarno no Doors. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. Radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses? I've got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day, and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248 939 9999.
3: Your brain naturally shrinks as you go older. Now there's research that indicates that the rate of shrinkage increases if you drink alcohol. Your brain volume naturally decreases by about 2% for every decade you live. And in the past, scientists have speculated that this rate could be slowed with moderate alcohol intake because it appears to improve your heart function and your blood flow. But now, however, the U.S. researchers have found what they call a significant negative relationship between the amount of alcohol that you consume and your brain volume. A study involving nearly 2,000 men and women found a significant difference in the brain volumes of people who were moderate drinkers and those who were teetotalers. And the association was especially strong in women. So the bottom line, say the experts, is that while moderate alcohol consumption may help your heart and blood flow, It offers no protective effect on your brain volume. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
0: And, you know, we got one uh, little section left here in the first hour of a new radio media talking biz. And it's just like, uh, I don't know where the time goes, but um, how do you take an old, retired building in Berkeley, Michigan, and bring new life to it? I mean... For those of you who remember the days of the old Doll Hospital and Toy Soldier Store in Berkeley on the south side on 12 Mile Road. And as a matter of fact, Ethan, I think you were there years ago. Um, yeah, I think when,
1: I got some uh, things for a class project.
0: You were doing the, if I remember, the Revolutionary yeah, War. Yeah. And then we had to go into Hazel Park uh, to find the rest of the soldiers and everything for the to make the board. You know, and this was a beautiful running store for teachers, and it was just great. And I was so sad to hear, you know, at the time, that it, you know, had time was up, time to close. But um, it's coming back to life, and it's a seventy-five hundred square foot building, and it's, it's going to be interesting because it's one of the things when you were younger, we actually sent you. I forgot exactly what city we went to, but you could go to a place where they sold um, all kinds of uh, collectible cards, and you could play the games there. You could do a Ugio or whatever they call those games. <laughs> what do you call those <laughs> Ugio Oh god? Do you, remember that? You know. do you remember those games? Yes, I yes I do remember those well, games. Now imagine if you will that Gatekeeper Games on twelve mile road is gonna move into this place. And what's really gonna be great about it, the new shop will be filled with role playing card and board games. Think of Dungeons and Dragons, um, Uh, some other things. You can play chess. You can play other things that are going to be there, and it'll have tournaments and other events. And the owner, uh, Timothy Barnes, i got to say, I give him a lot of credit for wanting to stay in Berkeley and trying to make this thing really work, but it's going to be so unique that uh, if you can get there, it just like really kind of helps to establish what's going on. You know, the other things that they have, they have social events for collectible cards, like uh, time travelers. Um, which is an inter- well, this is interesting Berkeley also ha- Berkeley is also home to two other shops that host these kind of events there 's the time travelers on 12 mile road and collectible investments on Coolidge so Berkeley's getting to be the hot spot for some of this stuff so this is going to be very very interesting to watch what 's happening of course, the downtown development authority is excited as heck to have uh, the store filled and to watch it grow even more so um this will be beautiful to see because they're opening up the windows there. You know, the Dow Hospital closed off everything. You, you parked in the back. You came in. You never saw anything. Uh, with the new ownership in there, the windows are getting back open. It's becoming more user-friendly for the community. As you walk by, you'll be able to see different things going on. So this is just great stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited about that one. The, another thing happening in the in the community, you know, that we, we forget about, um, that and we go to downtown Detroit a little bit, is um, – now that the weather's cooling down a little, a lot of the stores, uh, restaurants used to have the doors open up and people could eat outside. So now they're going to start to come inside a little bit. And um, I, I'm not sure if that's going to be a plus or a minus, but uh, one of the there's always a destination stop in downtown Detroit for food. Do you know what that is? The destination stop. In, in your opinion or in the
1: general opinion?
0: Well, in anybody's opinion.
1: Well, for you, I think it'd be yet Coney Island. That's
0: right. That's right, the Coney Island. Always a always a defined spot to go after a sporting event or um, you may go down for entertainment. And as a matter of fact, I was talking to a very dear friend of mine whose daughter's getting married um, in downtown Detroit in like two weeks. And I said to him, so, you know, after the wedding and the uh, nice dinner, uh, what are you guys doing? What is the couple going to do? She so said, we're all going to walk. From the venue where we're having the wedding at about eleven o'clock, we're going to walk to Lafayette Coney Island, <laughs> and you know we're going to take the place over. We got about forty people that want to walk and uh, go and enjoy and have a, a nice secondary evening, and then they're going to go from there to the to the book Cadillac and uh, where they've got rooms for so many people, and uh, call it a night. And I just boy, this is so great. I just think. The vitality, you know, the walking community for downtown Detroit is just escalating to no end. And, uh, you know, with everything going on this weekend, too, you've got, uh, well, you have hockey. you got the Lions playing on Sunday now against Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, again, and you've got, you got the Pistons,
1: the Pistons. Uh, who
0: will be Fleetwood Mac on Tuesday. So you've got, or Tuesday or Wednesday, I forget what day they play. Um so you got all this activity in downtown Detroit the walking community of Woodward Avenue is just it, it's escalating and it's bleeding out to the other streets and now after being at Wayne State and watching everything being done down there um and it, it's it's even getting to be better and you know um new hotel Shinola Hotel opening up uh just to the uh, north of the um, new uh High-rise the Danny Gilbert's building on the old Hudson lot. So, um, and they've already announced that drought juice is one of the major tenants going in. Uh, So, we want to congratulate the James girls for that. And uh, Shinola also hired as their general manager um, a gentleman, I think it's from the DIA. So, uh, that is a major change going on downtown. Another new facelift, another new uh, piece going in. So... We need to now look behind the Illich property of um, Little Caesars Arena. The Illichs had promised us housing. There has not been any established movement to put apartments up, walking community, in and around the backside. So we got to study that a little bit more. And uh, I know that Paul's going to dig some more of that up for me uh, in shows to come in the future. But... That is a major concern uh, from talking to a number of people, and we'll talk about that in the second hour a little bit more probably. But at this point in time, I've got to tell you that first, that first hour has kind of flown by for everybody here, and uh, they keep telling me that I need more coffee. You know, Paul found this great deal on coffee, so I've got to thank Paul for filling the cups for everybody. So as we refill the cups, we want you to just sit back and enjoy, and we'll be back here at New Radio Media Talking Biz.
4: NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999 for more information. Hey, you guys. It's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Entertainment Weekly on New Radio Media. Turtle Power!
2: Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our nine and dine special, nine holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights, Check us out at MapleLaneGolf.com. At Murray's
5: Part City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say.
2: The employees at Murray's are
3: knowledgeable, courteous.
5: They make you feel like you're at home.
3: Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99, or a five quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Parts City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Wald Lake.
5: We've got the parts you need, when you need them.
3: A gelling agent used in making jams and jelly may have anti-cancer properties. Now anyone who's ever made jams or jellies is familiar with the ingredient known as pectin, which is a natural fiber product found in most fruits and vegetables. A group from the Institute of Food Research in the United Kingdom found that under the right conditions pectin releases a molecular fragment that binds with a protein that inhibits cancer growth. And the thing that may make jam and jelly more effective as slowing the growth of cancer than raw pectin is the process used to modify it for use in jams and jellies. You see, it turns out that the modification helps to emphasize the release of the cancer-fighting fragment, which is known as Golectin-3. Now, most commercially available pectin comes from the peel or citrus fruits and apple pulp that is processed before its sale. So for now, no one knows if pectin found in unprocessed fruits and vegetables has the same cancer-fighting qualities. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
0: And good morning, everybody, and welcome to New Radio Media, Talking Biz. I'm Peter Perlman, along with Paul Benzman. And in the studios with us today, of course, is uh, Ethan on the board and behind the mic. Paul, by the way... uh, skipped out, so we'll let him skip all the way around Detroit today. If you spot Paul, make sure you stop and say, "How is that bloody Mary, Paul, and where are you going next to get one? You know, um, there was a sad day. This was a sad week for Campbell's Soup. Um, you know, ha- uh, I want to say Thanksgiving is really the time where uh, we have turkey and we have stuffing and uh, mashed potatoes. But, you know, a lot of people really, really enjoyed the green bean casserole. And uh, Decorris Riley died um, on the 15th of this month, and um, she was like the founder, shall we say, on behalf of Campbell's, to come up with this great uh, green bean casserole. Has anybody around here, I mean, Thanksgiving, we've eaten for 30 years up north. And um but, well, well
1: you have. I I quite haven't. No, you haven't, but I I've understand. only been up there for but
0: you know, from behind the glasses anybody had green beans casseroles? Uh Michael is saying yes. Okay, good. And uh Kels? Is she waving her hand, yes uh, or no? She's uh doing something at the moment. Okay, so you know and she's such a wonder I mean Ms. Riley was so nice. You know, She always said, look, I worked in the kitchen at Campbell's. I made hundreds and hundreds of different kind of prototype meals and everything. You know, But uh, at the end of the day, um, she's the one that's been labeled that she founded it. She came up with it for Campbell's. And she was there from 19... 19- Think about how people stay in jobs. Ms. Riley was there from 1940 to 1988. And... When she re- finally retired, she was the manager of Campbell's Kitchen there, you know, for all the different processes and tasting and everything else that went on. Um, that's just so fantastic to think about. And everybody, you know, and I can remember just going different homes and every place to see what's going on. And just, I always had a green bean salad. Not that I love green bean salad. But it was always a green beans. It was always a casserole. I should say. I was going to say, we're talking casserole. about here, salad or nah, casserole? Nah, not the casserole. But uh, I mean, to me, casserole. You know. But uh, just a sad time. You know. But all right, let's pick up the pace here. Let's pick up the pace a little bit. Um, I want to talk. I want to go back to sports a little bit. Well, well hold
1: but, on. You, you said we had a birthday.
0: Oh, Phil Rosen. Yeah. Happy birthday, Phil. You know, I want to thank you for that note. Uh, Phil's in beautiful Florida. Uh, where he resides, and uh, he's just enjoying life down there so much. Oh, so, uh, but, um, oh, and I also got a note from Tom Athens. Hello, Peter. So sorry I missed your day. Would love to get acquainted. Let's grab lunch, coffee, chat in the office. Well, you know, I'm letting everybody know. Well, no wait a minute. I got another note. (laughs) That's a different note. Oh, here's what Tom says. On my way. Should be there by 920. Well, we're looking forward for Tom being in the studio. I don't know how to read these text messages too well, so um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Tom is on his way. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, It'll be exciting to talk about a number of little issues with Tom, like uh, how's the weather out there today? What are you doing for Halloween? Um, How's your son doing in scouting? So much stuff to talk about, but the issue on the table right now is, is... Going to sporting events, getting to be so costly that that's why we have the vacancies. Not the quality of the team, but the cost. So I invite Ethan out of the microphone because he wants to challenge the question.
1: Well, the, the cost right now for some sporting events is ridiculous. Um, and I'm only saying this because of the amount of people they're getting at games. I'm referring more to the Pistons and Red Wings at the moment. I looked for this next recent homestand of uh, Piston games. Not 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 the Boston game, because that's only one game at home before they go back on the road. But when they start hosting teams again in the beginning of November, um, tickets for the lower bowl can span anywhere from like 85 bucks up and as low as like $58. All right, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute.
0: Let's understand a couple things here. Let's not talk about the, we're not talking about the floor now, right?
1: We're not we're not talking about on the floor. We're talking on, about we're your talking toilet about That's totally ridiculous. Well, that's over like 400 bucks. A piece. All right.
0: So, we're going behind we, the ba-
1: we're we're going that first row of seats. That would be considered the lower bowl. So you have your people that sit on the floor. Right. Then you have and then the you walkway. Have, then, then you have y- a walkway. You have, you have the walkway, and then you have your first set of seats.
0: Well, the first eight, nine rows, I can remember from going back to the days uh, at the Palace. It's
1: set up differently than the Palace. That's yeah, so why that was, they don't they don't have that break. It's the people the, on the floor, the media, and yeah. then you're into the
0: stands. Okay. So you're into the stands, and let's say the first 30 rows back. You're mm-hmm. saying that's the eighty five dollar seat? It,
1: it's it's around that eighty five. Okay. Um, and then you get a little bit further up, it's fifty eight. Then you All get a I little so bit further up, it's like So let's stay 25. at fifty let, let's
0: stay at fifty eight, call it sixty dollars. Okay. And four people wanna go. Mm-hmm. Two so sixty two hundred and forty. Yep. Gotta park the car.
1: hmm If you need food, you gotta pay well, for it. I gotta food. park
0: my car first, don't I? So I gotta yeah. pay another $20, 30 bucks.
1: Well, depending where you park, you might pay forty bucks. So call it two hundred eighty. Mm-hmm. Now the food. Not, yeah. Now the food, and uh, you know, food at sporting events is not cheap.
0: So, um, so you're you telling be, me I'm gonna have a 350 dollars well, night? Well,
1: if you have four people and you're getting food for four people, I'd put that another f- at least 40 bucks. You're up to 320 now. If you need, if you get any merchandise, you're up to close to 400 bucks.
0: So, you're telling me that if I go to this event, I got to take Paul so he pays for it. Is yeah, that right. I just want to understand that Paul's got to pay if I go. <laughs> um, I mean, he doesn't understand. He doesn't know that. But I-, I just want to make sure we
1: understand. Well, it. since he's not here today, I guess we can say yes.
0: Oh well, good then. Let's all go to the Piston game. I mean, Paul's buying. I love it. <laughs> I think it's great. But you're right. It is now. On a serious note, it's um, it is getting a little crazy. I can remember, you know, again in my youth, going down to Cobo Hall for the Pistons, where you got a upper blood ne- blood Nosebleed section seat, in a sense, for like 50 cents to a buck. But you were allowed to walk down and grab seats further down because they were never filling them and nobody argued about it. In today's world, you walk down and there's security saying, Excuse me, you can't go beyond this point. Yep. So we look, we pan a, uh, an arena and we see a sea of blank seats.
1: Well, and, you know, it's kind of re- – it's, it's ridiculous that they're keeping the prices where, they're, where they are, especially when they had to change all the seat color
0: well, does to it black. So my suggestion – my question to you is, if you were the marketing rep for the Pistons and the Red Wings at this point in time, would you be reaching out to the different communities um, to invite them to come in as guests or a well-reduced cost pricing uh. to fill these seats? If if
1: I'm if I'm working the ticket sales and whatnot, I'm trying to come up with some sort of plan to get more people in the seats. Right now, you have to be doing some sort of like family family pack or you know night out pack where how, you're. But
0: how do I beat the price on my parking? the
1: The, the price on the parking is is going to be ridiculous no matter what.
0: Unless you give me a coupon in the garage.
1: Un, unless, but there, then you'd have to limit how many spots spots you can do. Okay. Um, but with the fact, I mean, you see these all the time. At least with the Tigers, you got the university nights. You got all these different promotional event nights where it's you know a ticket, the food, or you know a a giveaway. Right is all included in your plan. Um, and that seems to get a lot of e- not only younger people out, but just people out in general. And what the Pistons, I mean, the Pistons are at least are playing really well. And yet you pan over that arena and you got like n- not even. Ha- but do you a- think the Pistons were figuring,
0: do you think the Pistons were figuring we're moving downtown? we got all these millennials down there. we got, look got look how many people move downtown. We have this opportunity to fill the arena. You know, we're doing all the right things. And then boom. So what happened? Did they misplay the card? I don't know if
1: I don't know if the it's so much that because they moved to downtown when the last few years in Auburn Hills the crowds were were not great, but that was mainly because the team was not performing well. The team is performing well now, and you gotta, as fans, but did they lose the gonna... fan
0: base from Macomb and Northern Oakland Genesee County because they went downtown? So they lost. A strong percentage of people that were coming to the palace. I
1: think they. I think they did lose um, con- consistent people coming in from that area. If I'm going to say they lost uh, the fan base, no. Um, the the big thing with the move was, you know, yeah, as you talked about, you know, you get the millennials, you will get all the people that have been moving down to the Detroit area, but at the same time. The Pistons need, and I'm not talking about the actual team. I'm talking about the management. They need to realize that right now, the team is still working its way up. Once you have a very, very successful team on the floor again, where you have fans fighting over getting tickets, that's when you can hike up the price. When when is that? What is that magical line,
0: though? I mean, I,
1: I think that magical line is your your even if you're not selling out games, you're three quarters or more sold out
0: like for so, a, for a span of a few months. So I'm going back to my original concept of giving tickets away to schools, uh, youth groups, uh, churches, synagogues, um, basically Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, you name it. yep, to get bodies in to at least get a flavor of an NBA game at a very, very, either sponsored by a corporation, these tickets or something, to give opportunity to young people to at least one time go in the arena, see what it's all about, go home and be like salespeople because they, they went there and they had a great experience while being there.
1: I mean, even if they do like $10 ticket nights,
0: well, I mean, you'll they, get
1: a lot more people in there.
0: Well, I can remember even in Detroit when I grew up, for even baseball, they had Safety Patrol Day at uh, the old Tiger Stadium, loaded in the stands in the middle of a weekday, and everybody from the Safety Patrol had their Safety Patrol belts on all around the stadium. I, I'm just kind of wondering what the Pistons are missing here. Um, why you? Be, why do you even believe that they don't even want to venture or look that way? Or do you think they have, and Tom Wilson and everybody is just saying over there. And
1: Tom Gore is?
0: No, Wilson, who runs... Uh, the sports program for uh, Joe Louis Arena oh, on behalf okay. of the Illiches, um, so he controls both sides of the house to a certain extent, um, you know. Or does do the Pistons need to do community outreach uh, more? To well, I think
1: the Pistons organization does a lot in the community, as you know, uh, giving back to the community. What they don't do is kind of what you stated was. They don't provide opportunity to where the uh, schools or outside organizations can come enjoy a game for next to nothing as a whole group. Um, The big thing that I think is struggling in the minds of fans to uh, management is the Pistons, yes, they are being successful, but you can't be asking a fan, you know, uh, the Pistons value themselves, or see their value as higher than what I think fans are willing to pay right now. If I'm a Piston fan, which I am, I'm not paying 85 bucks for one seat to watch the Pistons.
0: Well, how often could you even go at $85?
1: You can't go often. That's the problem. And that's what I'm saying. As a fan right now, this team's value in ticket sales for a lower bowl seat, maybe forty-five bucks. You got to cut that price in half from that eighty-five, ninety-dollar range to get to get the common or the common fan, the working class fan out there. You got to lower that price, um, and that's all around the board. I mean, once you get to the nosebleeds, their prices are actually making sense for up there. But for every other level, so you're we, we you're asking way too much money at this time for to get your fans out there.
0: All right, so we went to a Raptors game a number of years ago in Toronto. Yeah. We sat up in that upper deck.
1: And they had the TV right there so you could see what was happening on the floor even though you were that high up. hmm mm-hmm.
0: So do you think that that's what the—now, uh, we haven't been— We, we, we have, have not been you, to the season. Yeah, so we need to go there yep. and really do a walkthrough and critique it. Yeah. And uh, see what's going on in that respect. So that'll be interesting. Well, I,
1: I do have one question for you. Do you think a lot of fans, with looking at prices, and this is not just for a uh, pissed-in Red Wing games, but just in general, do you think they look at the price and say, for the price that they're charging, it just makes no sense to go downtown. Rather, I'll throw a party at my house, buy my own beer or whatever, Uh, My own, bringing my own food and uh, just watch the game at the house with a bunch of people. Let me
0: tell you what a lot of people are telling me about basketball.
1: They don't enjoy it anymore.
0: Basketball is a game of the last three to four minutes. That's number one. Or it's the game of the first three to four minutes. And they also believe that it's somewhat fixed at times with the way the refs call the game. That that, I'm hearing more of that in that sport and football than I am in baseball um, or hockey. Well, I,
1: I do agree with what you're saying when it comes to NBA. When it comes to the NCAA, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I don't like watching the NBA, they say. And they'll go, but I love the NCAA because you don't feel like there's that fix where players are getting special treatment. I know when people watch the NBA, was that a travel by LeBron, or did he just take you know fifteen steps? so how uh,
0: many steps are we- rec- all right so let's go back for a minute because this is a very big issue in basketball um two, two, two and a half steps two and a half steps, and then they should blow the whistle yep yep now why and, and and actually this would have been a great question for your sister who used to be a basketball ref. why don't they blow the whistle
1: when you after two and a half steps you mean
0: yes. Why not make the game tight again to get people? You know, if you want to fill the stadium, you want to fill the arena, you want to do all these different things. So it goes back to management. It goes back to the refereeing of the game, the way the game was supposed I, to be. I think, I, I think, uh, the tail wagging the dog, and the players are dictating.
1: I, I think the fans, you know, aren't so bothered by it when it comes to a flashy play happening. What
0: do you mean a flashy... What is a flashy... A
1: guy dunking over another guy. A guy breaking somebody's ankles, even though he didn't put the ball on the floor. Um, I mean, all this stuff kind of happens nowadays where, you know, you get the fans all riled up, but at the same time, the ref isn't blowing the whistle, and I don't know if it's because, A, they don't think they paid any attention and saw a travel, or they're just doing it for fan enjoyment. I don't know.
0: Okay, well you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens um... i mean joe i understand that the uh... little caesar's arena is really quite an exciting place to be uh... the venue to walk around even if you don't go inside but we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other aspects of it but we're going to take uh, a few seconds out to uh, get ourselves reorganized here you're listening to talking biz at new radio media Do you want to see things
2: like this?
3: Did you just say you died? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, technically. Or maybe even something like this. We'll do nothing but destroy your corpses and burn them all for my dogs. Your dogs are gone. And sometimes, a little of this. We
4: need to have a talk.
2: <laughs> I take my axe and I smash it. No! <laughs> and check out Podquesters, the show where we tackle ghoulish goblins, fiendish foes, and dangerous tricks. Oh, like the singer? No, the dragon creature. Uh... Anyways, Podquesters, Fridays, only on NewRadioMedia.com.
4: Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Skate Statement Weekly on New Radio Media. Turtle power!
3: A new Northwestern Medicine study concludes that you can improve your overall health and quality of life by doing these two simple things. Spend less time in front of the TV and computer, and eat more fruits and vegetables, and that's all. By starting with these relatively small steps, it becomes a lot easier over time to make major lifestyle changes, and in many cases, people find that the time away from the TV or computer is best spent taking walks or working in the garden. In other words, when you're not chained to your sofa, you'll almost naturally want to move around and be more active. And that, in turn, helps promote a healthier you. After as few as three weeks of avoiding temptation to sit around, the people involved in the study found that they didn't want to return to their lazy ways, even when they were told they could do so and would continue to be paid for the research. Eighty-six percent of the patients said that once they made the change, they decided to maintain it. So give it a try. You may surprise yourself. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
0: And, you know, it's a beautiful rainy day out there, and uh, we have a new special guest that just floated in from the rain, Tom Athens. You know, good morning to you there, young man. Good morning, Peter. You know, it's uh, kind of interesting the way the weather's been lately and uh, with Halloween coming up and all that. And uh, you've got a young one at home. I do. So, um... Before we get into a lot of other subjects, what are we doing for Halloween?
5: Oh, we'll definitely be out uh, trick or treating. I uh, have a karate school uh, that I teach part time. That's my passion. Ooh. I always said if I could make a living teaching karate, uh, that would be my life. But uh, uh, but it's uh, I have a, just a little part time karate school, and we had a Halloween party last night, and we showed a movie and. And so that so was, was it. The Karate great. Kid. No, oh. no, no, no. We, no. Oh, we showed we showed, we showed Coco last night. You know, try to have it a little bit, uh, you know, Halloweeny. Oh, Halloweeny. Yeah, Halloweeny. But um, so yeah, what, and uh, Halloween night. You know, Adrian and I will go out trick or treating always. What's he going as? You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe a baseball player, since you know that's his other passion. So, oh, Okay. Yeah,
0: baseball. Ethan's a baseball player. Yes. Love the baseball.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, okay, so that's good to hear. Now, let's uh, talk about your neighborhood. How
5: many blocks are you going to cover? You know, i got to get the grid here. Oh, he's pretty aggressive. He can move pretty quickly. So... He'll probably, he'll probably cover at least uh, four four to five good blocks uh, before there's just way too much candy in his bag, and we're like, that's it, Adrian. You're yeah, done.
0: you got to get the king-size pillowcase. Oh, uh, yeah. The king-size yeah. we, pillow-
5: end, we end up donating most of that candy, you know? There's no way I'm going to let him eat all that.
0: Oh, no, no, no. That's the best part. You get home, you lay <laughs> it on the floor. <laughs> I like this, son. You don't want this.
5: No, this is for Dad. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is for me. Oh, no. It's hey, like you know. I'm in the car following him, and I'm eating the candy. No, wait a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: You're supposed to be walking the streets yeah. with your child. Oh now, no. Come on, come no, on.
5: No, he, listen, he's he's ten. He does not want no, dad he, walking. Dad walks with him. across the street. He wants to be with his friends. Dad you know. can be across
0: the street visualizing. You know that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so anyway, um your son is ten. Yeah. And uh we're gonna talk a little bit about scouts. Oh so great. Let's talk a little bit about what uh Aiden's doing in scouting and let's talk share with everybody. We're talking about Boy Scouts of America and there's a couple of different levels. We have Cub Scouts, we have the Boy Scouts, and then Ethan, what's my third one?
1: Uh the Venturing, but you also do have the uh the the Sea Scouts, I believe. No, what do they call themselves now? Come on. We have the ventures, right and then uh they might still call themselves the Sea Scouts, I'm not sure now.
0: Hmm.
5: Boy, oh boy, oh boy! The
0: you better, you the better, re- you better research that. Yeah, I, know, I the, know.
5: The venturing used to be Explorer Scouts, right? right? That yeah. is correct. Oh, right. There, right.
1: there still is. That's what they call themselves now. I the think the Explorers been, are coming they, back more. Yeah, or. yeah I, I don't think it's the Sea Scouts. I think they actually did call themselves the Explorer Scouts. And venturing is.
5: Yeah, because I was yeah, all three. I was a Cub Scout and then a, a Boy Scout and then went on to Explorer Scouts.
0: So Ethan is an Eagle Scout. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we so we uh, let's talk about. Aiden's role here. Adrian. Sorry. Adrian. Yep. Adrian's role um in the current scouting program. He is a Weeblow today. He's a Weeblow. So this
5: is his last year in Cubs.
0: And what does a Weeblow stand for?
5: Oh, you're going to well, test
0: uh, me. Oh, he's testing
5: you. That's good. <laughs> I'm, no That's good. <laughs> I'm no dummy. I'm no dummy. I
0: believe it is we, we Be Loyal Scouts. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, and we're going to transition. There's two Ooh. years of Weeblows. Before they go into Boy Scouts. Right. All right. will We Blow, will we blow One and a We Blow Two. Now, we're talking about this for a reason, everybody, because uh, the scouting program uh, down the road is actually your community leaders of the future, believe it or not. Um, they go into business. They become community leaders they be, they with their families. But they take on leadership roles when they're in their 30s to 40s. And they get all that training ground, believe it or not, from pretty much the first grade... When they go in as a tiger and move into all the different aspects, a bear, a wolf, and the Weeblos, and then they transition to Boy Scouts. So when they're in Cub Scouts, that's where the parent and the child really bond together very heavily. All programs require the parents for overnights or whatever to be there. But they have den leaders, and they share a lot of activities and learning skills and how to get along with other young people their age. So... As so a Weeblow, they now get to taste what it's like to, like, shall we say, leave the house and go to a greater community.
5: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in fact, today we're going over to Belle Isle. His pack has a uh, pack outing uh, at Belle Isle, so we're going to go to the aquarium and, and uh, over to the old zoo, and, and so that's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Now, have you been up to uh, d bar camp? Oh, Gosh, Metamora, yes. Metamora, Michigan.
5: I lost my I lost my Cub Scout knife up at D A when I was a kid. Oh I was so mad. I was uh-huh. so mad. I lost it right in one of those little port-a-johns. Ooh.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I got, wasn't going after it either. Well, I don't blame you, you know. But they do have the cabins, which is nice at D Bar A for oh, yeah, those of you that it's don't a great know. Campground. It. And um, some of the unique things about though D Bar A, besides walking everywhere, is in the winter time. Um, there is skating. There is the uh, tobogganing that they've done. You guys have done what? Um, What's some of the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they get out there uh, snowshoeing. So in the hiking. Wait, isn't
1: D where we had the no? Was that Lost Lake the L- fishing? L- L- ice, L- fishing? Yeah, ice
0: fishing was Lost Lake. Oh, okay. That's way up by Lake George uh, of 115. Uh, we closed that camp, unfortunately. I used to run the district, so I know the district of Ottawa District very well. You know, Ninety units. To go. Oh, they were great. But D-Bar A also has horses. It's one of the few scout that. ranches in the United States that has horses. Yep. And uh, just a fantastic place to go. And you did at your OA there, uh, if I'm correct, Ethan, Were you, for the five days and it rained. Mm-hmm. What are the arrow? Oh that that was a yeah. That was D-Barré. No,
1: no, no, that wasn't Debray. That that's was um sure was. no. That was Oh god, which one was that? That was not A. Um Ooh, that that me. that happened somewhere else because I remember Julie picked me up uh, at the end and took me to the uh yeah. Welcome back to school picnic. Oh no, that's something different. That no, was that one. No, that that was the Order of the Arrow. Well, cuz I brought my sash with me. Mm. I, I I I really remember. <laughs> oh. I, I got my bro, I got my brotherhood part of the OA
0: at uh, DeBari. Well, all I remember is you came out. We we sat under this huge pavilion when they were giving the awards. You had different names for your for
5: your group, and it would rained all week. That's all I remember muddier than hell. That seems like it was every scout outing I ever went on, I know. It was raining, you know. It was raining. That's how I lost my knife. It was raining and I went into the the portage just to kind of dry off and I put my knife on the little shelf and it went boom right down the drain. <laughs> so where is he doing his uh pack at? Oh, in uh, Ardmore where? Elementary School in Saint Clair Shores. Oh. Pack 1970. And how many kids are in the program there? Oh, I would say, say we've got I'm guessing maybe around 75 kids. That's great. It's a nice pack. This is fantastic. And so, he
0: have have the Boy Scout troops come in yet to start to uh, make presentations of what their troops are like?
5: Yeah, w- they'll do that soon. Um, at least that's what we hear. That we'll see. Uh, the marketing we'll see. teams will come. Exactly, in. Exactly. Exactly. I think we already have a troop in mind that uh, that we want to go to. It's uh, his former uh, Cub Scout leader is now a troop leader. Uh, with a troop in Sinclair Shores, and I think that's just where we're going to go because he's uh, he's a great scout leader, just great. An Eagle Scout himself, and so he's just great, so we want to follow him.
0: So this is good. Now, you know, when they transition from Weeblos, as we say to everybody, to Boy Scouts, yep. that first year is the probably, and I think you'll agree, probably the roughest year for a child. Um, number one, if the other kids don't move along with that person to that troop, they're the outsider, and they— It's a learning curve of how do I establish new friendships and how do I build not having mom or dad there when we go camping. Right. Because now in Cub Scouts, it's parents driven. In Boy Scouts, it's youth driven with supervision. We teach it. We step back. And the child has to do the work.
5: So is he excited about that kind of a concept coming forward? I don't think he quite grasped the concept yet. You know, I mean, you know, Weeblos, too, definitely, they're making that transition, right? They have, Like at camp, they have to put up their own tent. Right. Uh, dad can't do it. They've got to do it themselves. Great. So, Yeah, so, they're you know, they're working on making that transition. But I don't think he's got his mind wrapped around exactly what Boy Scouts is. The one thing I keep telling him is that, you know, if you like Cub Scouts, and he does, he loves Scouts, is you're going to absolutely love Boy Scouts because it's just a lot, you know, even more fun because you know you don't have dad over your shoulder every minute well, of I the day. I think that's great. You yeah. you kind of well, you didn't quite find it that way, but did you? What did you
0: find? the uh, the transition.
1: The transition. Um, well, no, I think my my biggest transition had to do with uh, a, a few years in because of the aspect where I I, I switched troops uh, twice actually. Um, when, after I had gone into Boy Scouts, uh, my pack did have a troop, so I started with, uh, the troop, and, um, it just wasn't as active as I would have liked. We actually ran into a troop when, uh, we partnered with them at a summer camp, um, at Los Lake. We shared the campsite, and, uh, I decided, you know, I really like this troop. I like the people in this other troop. Uh, they seem to have a really well-run program. I'm gonna to transfer to that troop. Well, some problems arose a few years later with that troop, and um, I was taking a merit badge with a a, a close uh, friend of Dad's or Peter's, I should say, on the air. <laughs> uh, and he um, he has suggested, you know, that I come check out their troop, and I went over to uh, a meeting for the troop, uh, saw how well run it was by. The, the scouts, really there was very, very little adult uh, interaction. All they did was supervise. If there was a, a serious question of, um, you know, for like a camp out, like how are we getting there transportation-wise, how many parents do we have to drive, or that kind of thing, that's really the only time they would get involved. Um, and I ended up joining that troop, I think, the night I went to visit. And I stuck with them up until
0: uh, I was out of scouts. Yeah. So, you know, the transitioning to a, 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 uh, adult, from adult-led to adult um, supervision is very, very unique for a child. And at the end of the day, though, these kids blossom. All of a sudden, it's like magic. Oh, absolutely. And you kind of wonder what happens. Yeah. And it's like magic. You know, you've been in the studio with us, and all of a sudden— I gotta say, we're listening to new radio media. This is Talking Biz. Tom Athens, our guest. Thank you.
2: Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54 hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tea time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our Nine and Dine special nine holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maplelanegolf.com.
4: Detroit. It's the home of some of the world's most talented artists. It's where techno and Motown were born. It's a city where you can experience raw, untamed rock and roll. I'm Ben Rose, and I'm inviting you to join me weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 for the Motor City Juke Joint. I'll have interviews with musicians, info on what's going on around town, and a playlist curated by me just for you. It's all right here on NewRadioMedia.com.
5: At Murray's Part City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say.
2: The employees at Murray's
3: are knowledgeable, courteous.
5: They make you feel like you're at home.
3: Pick up a can of seafoam fuel system treatment for only $6.99 or a five-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Parts City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake.
5: We've got the parts you need when you need them.
2: Hi, I'm Art, and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20
5: years, and through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we've become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you, and we take pride in our impeccable, affordable service. And we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can.
2: Please stop in and see why everybody
0: comes from all over to get their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Walled Lake. And we're back at New Radio Media Talking Biz. Tom Athens sitting in the big chair of Paul Bensman's. You know, uh, Paul, uh, I understand Paul snuck in here today, Wave to the wall. Because there was nobody in that seat. So he waved to himself when he wasn't even there, didn't have the nerve to walk in and say, Well, hello, Peter, welcome. You know, it's all good to see you. (laughs) You know, so uh, everybody keeps asking who is this Tom Athens and what does he do? This is new radio media. But you've got a whole background other than this little martial arts piece that I just heard about. Oh you know, yeah,
5: that's my passion. But yep.
0: well, when did that? Well, before we, before we even go to new radio media, when did you get this passion? When did martial arts first come? Well,
5: come? I was, uh, I was a kid that uh, just you know got bullied a lot. And, uh, and and last day of eighth grade, I had five boys gang up on me and just beat the tar out of me. And I went home that day and and told my mom. I said, Mom, I can't do this anymore. You know, I want to learn how to take care of myself. So. At the time, we were living in Kansas City. We'd moved from Michigan to Kansas City, and and I found uh, this great sensei, uh, actually a world-renowned sensei, and I didn't know that. Walking into his dojo at the time, and and uh, started training there, and. Uh, and uh, it's just it was an eye-opening experience. I just fell in love with it right away, learned that there was a whole sport component related to it. And once I realized that there was, there was sport karate, I was hooked and competing well, and everything. And then, and then about one year later, after I was training for about a year, one of those five boys that beat me up the last day of eighth grade uh, took a swing at me in the hallway between classes, and I dropped him with a kick. We both ended up in the principal's office. And I told my story and he told his and he ended up getting suspended and I got sent back to class. And, and I'll never forget when I walked out of the principal's office, uh, I could hear him in the background saying to the kid, what are you doing? Are you crazy? That guy knows karate. He could have killed you. It was, very, <laughs> <laughs> it was a very affirming moment for me. You know, now, wait a
0: minute. I was always told it's the mind first. Well, not I, the physical action.
5: No, it it very much is, and I think what when you when you learn martial arts and you learn you have the ability to take care of yourself like that, uh, it it calms you. You feel like you have nothing to prove. I can remember going into the police department and the first round of the basic
0: karate for protection. I walked out of there so black and blue, <laughs> the shortest guy in the room too, to these guys. And by the end of the third week, I mean I could hold my own. But boy, in the beginning, you know, you got a six foot guy pounding you. Yeah. And the, and, and the instructor gets put your arm up. I said, it's up. It's almost broken. It's up. I mean, there's just not a lot of meat to a five foot eight Jewish kid, you know, with all these big officers. You know, I said, look, my goal is not to be in uniform. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's, they never taught you the mind side of it. You well, see, that's the key. Yeah,
5: and that is. That, and that's something in our program that we stress, uh, you know. W- our whole system is built around the principles of Bushido, which is the warrior code. And uh, and that warrior code is based around uh, benevolence, honesty, uh, compassion, um, compassion, which I think for anyone who's trained in the martial arts is an important component. It's almost like listening to the Scout Oath. It is. Very you know, similar. You, you, yeah, it goes back it again
0: is. to some real basics. Yeah, no, it, it very much How we much transfer is. them from one to the other. Yep, yep. So, you
5: know, my kids, you know, they tell me stories about encounters that they have. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just very proud of them because they, uh, you know, they are trained to walk away. We, we say one of our, our statements that we say in the dojo all the time is we train to fight so that we don't have to fight. Correct. And, and they walk away from, from stuff all the time. And they know that they're saving that little other kid a little butt whooping, you know. And so and that's the important part of it. You know, when a child walks away from a fight, if they're being bullied. Uh, they want to walk away not out of fear. They want to walk away feeling good about themselves. Right. You know, and, and my kids walk away because they're compassionate, even even to those who would do them harm. So where do you hold this at or how do they find out about this? Well, we're at 15 Mile in Harper. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've been there for about three and a half years now. And uh, so we're we're kind of built into the neighborhood a little bit. Um, you know, could always use more students. My, my school is small. You know, I don't. I try to – I stay under 50 students at all times um, because that way I can spend more time individually with each student. Uh, I, there are some dojos out there that are like mega dojos. You know, they've got you know, anywhere between 100 and 500 students. I never wanted to be like
0: that. So then you come here to New Radio Media. Another
5: circus. <laughs> hey, but get, it's a fun we circus. Give you, we give you all this opportunity to calm everybody down. Yeah, No, it's a, fun, it's a fun circus. Well, this is my profession. You know, martial arts is my passion, but this right. is my profession. I, you know, I have a background in media. Uh, uh, back in the early 2000s, uh, I started a, a production company called Democracy Radio. And uh, my, my goal was to create progressive-oriented talk radio, political talk radio. And I took a look at the media landscape and, and it was overwhelmingly skewed, uh, hour by hour, show by show. If you take a look at the political landscape, most shows out there are conservative. Radio shows.
0: Yeah, we're correct, in the yeah. in the what we call, you know, the old AMFM days for right. people just to give them a right.
5: Clip. Yeah, those you know, and we actually conducted a survey uh, and proved that we were we were being uh, we were being outrepresented by about a 10-to-1 margin. There were, for every one uh, progressive or liberal on the air, there were 10 conservatives. So... Uh, so Why I do you lo- think, But let me ask you something right here. Why do you think the ratio was so skewed? Why do you think it was so odd? I, you know, the, ra- the radio industry is an industry that replicates success. They've never been proactive about success. They kind of stumble into success, and then they'll replicate that. And Rush Limbaugh grew very organically. and and became very successful uh, right at the time when the Fairness Doctrine was abolished. And when the Fairness Doctrine was abolished, there was no more need for radio stations to provide equal time to opposing viewpoints. So when that happened, uh, Rush Limbaugh, it was just a a prime opportunity for him to grow. He grew. He attracted a huge audience, uh, became very popular. I think a lot of people in politics think that Limbaugh was part of a political conspiracy. He was not. He just became very popular speaking to people who felt as though they didn't have uh, a voice. And so uh, that radio show, because it was so successful, you saw the industry replicate that right. and try to replicate that. And and so they replicated that with a lot of other conservative shows out there, and that's really how conservative talk radio uh, got created. Uh, for progressives or for liberals to try to catch up to that uh, was a challenge. It had been tried uh, before in the past. Uh, with notable people like Mario Cuomo, the former governor of New York. Uh, he tried to do a radio show, and while he's just an amazing uh, speech maker. He's not a uh, microphone boy. He's not a microphone. No, <laughs> no I mean, not, you know, he's not a this, listen, this is a skill and an art and a craft correct. all correct. of its own. Right. You know, and, and you could be great at one thing, but but you've this is extemporaneous. There's no script. You know, you've got to be don't good. I, don't you see my little clear panels here where I get to meet Yeah,
0: them. <laughs> yeah no. Like, yeah, this is.
5: Uh, people don't realize what those panels really are. Yeah, right, right, right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I looked at it from two perspectives. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Democrat, so it's like I looked at it from the political perspective that we've, we really need, the nation needs balance. Uh, you know, this country is split in half, Right. roughly half are liberal, half are conservative. And you have a narrow band in the middle that that are consider themselves independent and that lean one way or the other based on where the winds are blowing. So I looked at it from the political perspective, but I also looked at it from the business perspective, that there was a huge underserved audience out there. Uh, And that underserved audience, if you can pull them in and attract them, you can create a great business model. Uh, with progressive talk radio so I launched the Ed Schultz show in 2002 in December 2002 and uh, Ed grew from two radio stations to about hundred within about a, a year and uh, we were in eight of the top ten markets and uh, uh, then Armed Forces Radio picked him up uh, sure and, did. and he uh, he got spread around pretty good there uh, that led to uh, a host uh, position on MSNBC he was on primetime on M- MSNBC for about five years and so, you know, it was he. He saw some great success, and I produced a few others: Stephanie Miller, Lawson mm-hmm. Marshall, so here all great
0: talents. So here we are in today's world called the internet. You know, that's what we do here at New Radio Media, and it's so different because to push a message out, you can't just turn on a knob in a car, be home at the radio right. while you're getting dressed in the morning. So, how do we define for an audience today? that um, internet
5: radio is tomorrow's generation today. Well, even back in the very beginning when when I was doing this and I was producing programs, uh, you know, those of us who were involved in in that effort, we knew that digital was where everything was headed. Uh, We knew that terrestrial radio, uh, while it still has its place in the media landscape, we knew that digital uh, was going to take over the landscape and this was going to be the delivery system. Uh, in the beginning, when we were trying to find radio stations to carry Ed Schultz and Stephanie Miller, uh, they were c- very much constrained by the radio station's signal. Correct. Some radio stations only had a 5,000-watt signal.
0: And that was only from 7 in the morning to 7 at night. Then they That's power right. down. Then they power the, down. They have to power down.
5: Right. So it's like uh, it wasn't a very broad uh, uh, number of people that were getting that broadcast. So uh, the beautiful thing about digital is you don't have that limitation. It's not limited by a signal. Uh, it is. It is limitless. Uh, it's limitless, th-
0: but it's struggling because. How
5: do you get the message to the unknown? This is a. This is a medium very much that has to grow organically. People have to become aware that it's here. Uh, you know, content is king. That that rule applies in radio and it applies in digital as well. Content is king. And that if somebody is good, if they're compelling, if the show is entertaining, it will find an audience. It will grow organically, and it will find an audience. So it grows organically through social media? Yeah, very the much Facebooks so. Facebooks
0: of the world, yeah, yeah. the Instagrams of the world. Yeah, very much so. And, uh, of course, word of mouth, hello, Mom. Listen, I'm on the air. Please uh, tell your friends. Yeah, right. You know, turn, on, <laughs> turn on the radio for me. So you came to New Radio Media. Why did you come to New Radio Media?
5: You know, I, I was uh, excited. Uh, I was introduced to Paul uh, by a mutual friend uh, who told me what uh, Paul was endeavoring. It, it very much, you know, this venture is very much similar to what I was doing with Democracy Radio uh, years ago, uh, launching that venture, and uh, and I was excited to hear what he was doing. And, and I was interested in learning more and possibly uh, uh, becoming part of it. Um, when my son was born, I, I got away from media for a little while, and I was doing some government relations. And although it was, you know, it was good because it afforded me time to be able to spend time with my son, uh, because working in media can be more than a full-time job. <laughs> yes, it can. <laughs> uh, uh, I was anxious to get back uh, to media. I was anxious to dig my teeth into something fun and meaningful uh, that I could do again. And and. Thankfully, I was I was asked to join the team here, and I appreciate it. It's a great team. Um, You know,
0: today we have Ethan on the board. Uh, Tony uh, unfortunately struggled with a little automobile problem, like the car's dead. Ah. You know, Ah. kind of broke down (laughs) and died. So Tony um, will be joining us uh, either uh, in the next few minutes or, of course, next week. And but you know, this is a very unique thing. I've sat around the uh, shall we say the management room um, as chairman of New Radio Media. And I listen to all of our young staff. And we do have a tremendous amount of young staff. Yeah, very talented. So, you know, it's kind of unique to listen to that generation. And then um, there's yourself. There's uh, Buzz Van Hooten and myself, Paul. We're like senior members here. And we listen and identify. But the one key thing like you you brought out to everybody um, listening today here on Talking Biz is – Our delivery system is so different than turning a button, pushing a button to get to the station. So, you know, that's the part that social media plays such a great role in and how people identify with new radio media or whatever um, broadcast they like. The key really is, though, when we push it out on a social media platform, what do people then do? Once they receive it, that's that's the part I want to talk about. But, you know, um, I got to take a break in a second, only because my coffee cup is getting empty (laughs) and I am required to drink so much coffee in two hours. Otherwise, I'm not me. I completely understand. So for uh, Talking Biz, Tom Athens and Ethan, I'm getting more coffee.
4: the latest LiftMaster garage door openers, and the toughest retractable screens on the market, all by the push of a button. Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association. Tarno no
2: doors. Tarno no doors.
6: As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. Radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses? Got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day, and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248 939 9999.
3: Your brain naturally shrinks as you go older. Now there's research that indicates that the rate of shrinkage increases if you drink alcohol. Your brain volume naturally decreases by about 2% for every decade you live. And in the past, scientists have speculated that this rate could be slowed with moderate alcohol intake because it appears to improve your heart function and your blood flow. But now however the u.s. researchers have found what they call a significant negative relationship between the amount of alcohol that you consume and your brain volume a study involving nearly two thousand men and women found a significant difference in the brain volumes of people who were moderate drinkers and those who are teetotalers and the association was especially strong in women so the bottom line say the experts is that while moderate alcohol consumption may help your heart and blood flow it offers No protective effect on your brain volume. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
0: And if you've just joined us, Tom Athens is in the studio. Tom is uh, a great part of New Radio Media. And, you know, um, thanks for sharing the beginning parts about family a little bit and, you know, a little bit of history. It's important for everybody to understand that, uh, you know, raising the family is is key, number one. Uh, The job is number two and in doing that you you found out that there was a challenge you know in the marketplace where conservative radio was overtaking the seemed like they were taking over everything yeah and the liberal voice for some reason just stood on the sideline and today we're slowly seeing not a balance by any means i mean we're looking at a 70 30 right now the conservatives are here at 70 the liberals were down here or the progressives at 30 estimate and we're trying to figure out How do we bring a balance so that the you know the country really listens to you know a true story? I mean, we hear from uh, the White House all the time about fake news. Now we just had a major issue in the United States with these bombing, these pipe bombing pieces. Um, You know, first it was well the Democrats were establishing this story and pushing the story, Um, but at the end of the day, knock on wood, the government, the FBI, and all law enforcement agencies across the country nailed it down caught the suspect and are moving on and it's just interesting though that on a conservative side we get one voice about this individual and on the liberal side
5: we're praising law enforcement it's just very strange how it all flows yeah it is it is it's it, it, a strange dynamic that is at play I, you know again I, I would say that uh, yeah, over the over the last uh, few decades, uh, absent the fairness doctrine the fairness doctrine for all of its drawbacks and and radio companies hated and television hated the fairness doctrine because it forced uh... them into a position where they had to provide equal time to opposing points of view and and but at the same time it served the nation well uh... because the nation got two points of view and not just overwhelmingly one. and and so i would say over the the past few decades uh, we've gone from a, a, a journalistic-based uh, media uh, to more of a pundit-based media. Now, pundits don't have to have their facts straight. Um, they can have alternative facts. <laughs> 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 they don't have to have— What do we say? The world according to garbage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You need it to know the movie. <laughs> yeah, they don't, you know, they don't have to have their facts straight. I mean, their main goal is, as a pundit is, is to be entertaining. Really. That is their well, main you know goal. where
0: we got that from, though? If we watched 60 Minutes way back when, point and counterpoint at the end of the show. Yep. You got that. You know, and it was kind of cute at the end how they would wrap it up. And uh, then they went to Saturday Night Live and they did their own routine. Yeah. But it, <laughs> but the whole concept of it was so unique. Yeah. And then, you know, later on we, we transitioned into some real reality where commentary took over news completely. Very much so. And— so now I want to go to Tom Athens, New Radio Media. What would you like to see New Radio do on this new channel that we're looking to bring on board?
5: Well, I, I you know, I love the local component of of New Radio Media. Um, yeah, you know, I'm a huge fan of Craig Follies. Uh, I think he's just tremendous uh, radio talent, uh, media talent overall. Uh, I would love to see New Radio Media uh, create a lineup of programming, of talk programming, political talk programming specifically. Uh, obviously, uh, given my background in progressive talk, that's where I would love to build a lineup uh, is in progressive talk. But I believe that the network should also provide a lineup of conservative talkers. A good well. balance system here. Absolutely. Just like we talked about earlier. Absolutely. And, you know, the old Crossfire show on CNN, <laughs> uh, you know, John Stewart beat it up and, and actually his appearance on that show killed that show. Uh, Because on the air he criticized uh, the show as accomplishing nothing but just making noise between the right and the left. But it offered perspectives from the right and And the the left. left, Right. You know, And, and so that show had value. That's something I would love to see here on this network. Uh, is uh, is a crossfire type of of show. So you have to
0: kind of design that icon. You know, we have those little boxes of icons. You know, for our, our different. You have the sports now. We've right. Got food. Yeah. And now the next one's going to drop into www.newradiomedia.com. So if you go to that website, you're going to see things that are coming in the future. And we got to get that box for you all prepared, you know, really good. Yeah. So maybe I'll have your photo there. Maybe I'll. I'll no, I, no, I'm, no, no, I'm no, no, no. Maybe I'll have a caricature. No, I have fo- a caricature of you and Folly. <laughs> you know, there you go. You know, Folly, uh, Folly's Friday special. You know, and then over here, Tom Athens. You know. Over on this side. I, I, I am <laughs> humble
5: enough to recognize uh, that I'm not a pro when it comes to being behind the mic. You're doing a great uh, job. I, I'm, I, you know, where, where my talent has always existed is identifying talent, identifying people that are going to attract an audience. That's always been my strength. And so uh, I do want to build out a, a great lineup of programming that is going to appeal to a general audience. Uh, and, and I'm doing that. I'm working on that right now. Uh, you know, I've got an idea of how to brand that channel. Uh, and, but at the end of the day, it's all, about, it's all about the host. You know, people invest their listening in, in folks like Rush Limbaugh and when uh, Ed Schultz was at the top of his game before he passed on very recently. Right. Uh, you know, they invested their listening in them because they were compelling people to listen to. Not because of, uh, of the name of the network. I mean, nobody even knows that Rush Limbaugh is on premiere. Nobody right. cares. Nobody knows. They're listening to Rush because he's Rush. Rush. Yeah. And, you know, you may disagree with his politics, and I certainly do, but the man is a master broadcaster. Well, next time we're in the studio, I think we all need cigars. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah
0: uh, it's, a, it's a trademark i'll but, turn green on that uh, one man I don't know. well you know before you turn green we got to turn orange because this wednesday is halloween and so for all of our goblins walking the streets with their parents we want you to be safe um tom i want to thank you for coming thank in this you Peter, very kind and of you. uh this is talking biz this is new radio media we're excited we'll see you next week